We're back. <laughs> Hello, welcome to Better. I'm Julie Duffy, and joining me today is Dr. John Duffy. Hey, <laughs> what's going on? Um, so we, we last did... posted on May 8th, which was seven months ago today. That's yeah. So we've been in the throes of very creative endeavors. We have. We started with your massive, gargantuan, awesome art show a couple of weekends ago. Yeah, so... One week ago. That was one week ago. It feels like it was a month ago. So, right, it was not this weekend that we just finished, but the weekend before. Right. Oh, yeah, the 18th. Yeah. Uh, so uh, that was amazing and very busy prep for that leading up. Um, so we didn't cast, but that was amazing, and um, we. It was my, cool because your your parents were here. We had so many friends there from all over the place and family. It yeah, was pretty. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and people off the street and uh, people from all walks of life. It was a it was a big joyful love fest. And um, Paula and I, my friend and I, schedule art shows now and again, usually once a year. But I think we're going to do another one in November. So we have a reason to paint. Really, because we otherwise get distracted, and um, so we we have a deadline. And, and we, you guys cranked out totally so much jammed. art in yeah. those last couple of weeks. It yeah. was unbelievable. And the space was beautiful, and the owner it was, it was at Bloom 3 in LaGrange. Shout out. Check it out if you haven't been there. They're not sponsors. But uh, it is. Not yet. Right. Right. It's a gorgeous store. Um and her mom's an artist, so she she gets art, and she let us hang the art, you know, just throughout this. Yeah, this put really nails on cool the wall and store. hang it. Um, she has the lighting, so it was it all came together beautifully. Yeah, and it went from being kind of a drop by, you know, walk through situation to a party. Well, our shows always end up being that. We, we, so we made it an open house so that people could, if they had plans, it was Saturday. Right. Um, so it was four to nine so that people could drop by, drop in, buy a painting. <laughs> Which people and did. They did. Like, yeah, yeah, it was cool. Um, and yeah, drop by if they had other plans that night. Um, but, and people did do that. But yeah. also, most people stayed, which they usually do. Yep. Which was amazing and so fun. So this weekend. So then we had to shift gears and um, edit your book. <laughs> yeah, it was a grind, man. So it was, it was a hundred hours probably of work or more. And we realized today, I think people typically do what we did over maybe the course of a few months <laughs> or a year or something. But we, I, I wrote the book by and large in a week, most of it, the vast majority, and then you and I edited the book in a long weekend. Yeah, we had, well, I'd taken one pass through. We sent it out. Um, we got the edits. I think there was a little bit of a miscommunication, so we got them a little bit later than we um, uh, usually would. And um, so, yeah, we kind of had to crank. So you added um, uh, like 15,000 more words. <laughs> Probably. I get verbose when I get caffeinated. And yeah. so I just keep clicking away at my keyboard until I have nothing left to say. <laughs> so John had written a bunch more. I had to reread the whole thing. So I And take it all out. I had a grasp and edit. Yep. And then you and I literally went through the entire thing together. Right. We literally um, I don't know if anyone saw my Insta story. 
Insta story posts, a couple. But we edited from, I mean, I think I Friday. worked Thursday, but for sure. Thursday, Friday, Friday Saturdays, and Sunday, and Monday. Yeah, today at noon, we sent, push send, right before George got home to watch the um, Cubs game. The Cubs lose to the Astros in a heartbreaker, but that's another story. Anyway, the so editing we're... was a grind. It is a joyless process. Don't write a book and edit it ever if you can avoid it. It was hard. <laughs> <laughs> there were times when we could both like we're both engaged and like both belly up to the computer screen and totally in the flow and then one of us would just sort of check out there were times when i would have to read aloud while you laid down on the couch and then we would switch <laughs> and then there were times when i was reading it and i realized you were paying no attention at all to what i was saying so we had to go back and i think i probably did the same to you oh yeah but it is um so i get preachy and i get kind of like too earnest at times that's what i like to hardly ever i know listen it's good it's good it's important Definitely buy it. It's called Parenting the New Teen, and then there's a subtitle that we just changed. Still, I'm not we'll sure see. about. So, um, I think that our latest iteration is Parenting the New Teen: A Complete Guide to Their Expanded and Anxious Adolescence. Ooh, what? Man, that sounds fun. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a page turner. <laughs> it is. It actually really is. But yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot. It's, there's a lot. It, it, it's um. Your oh, sorry. No, you go ahead. No, I, I was just going to say... You're your, editing. You're editing as we Your go. mission is to inform parents what is up. And there's a lot that's changed, and there's a lot that's new, and there's a lot that's way heavier and harder for them to navigate. Conceptually, I think the hardest concept to get across was, right now, what you think of as a teenager starts earlier and ends later in life than you would ever have predicted five years ago. Okay, I would argue, so that is one point of the book that's really important, but actually, to that point, so we, our working title, and we've said it before on the podcast, um, was, and hopefully will not continue to be, um, Parenting the New Teen in the Age of Anxiety, Raising Happy, Healthy Humans, Age 8 to 24. Right. Um, there was something a little... Um, not random about those ages, but I mean, really on point about that age range. But John realized, you realized, listen, I don't want to spend time in the media. Um, I think I think people are going to overfocus on why eight, why eight. How did you pick eight? Yeah, I didn't want That's to spend not the, the time defending the specific age range. I just wanted people to know: start thinking young and start thinking older. That when you think teenager, the point I, is, is what they're exposed to and what they deal with emotionally starts way earlier, and we have no control over it. So we have to be prepared for that and have tough conversations. It's kind of... So, so you're, and it's awful, and it's overwhelming, no, and well, it's on newsstands coming in August. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah. No, so what you do is fully inform the parents yes. what's up, and John knows, um, and, you know, and, and how they can help their kids navigate it. And I will say... I wrote this down, and I have to look at my phone. We were listening to uh, Esther Perel. Esther Perel on um, 
armchair expert with Dax Shepard. She's a Belgian psychotherapist, and she does a podcast about relationships called Where Do We Begin? And she's amazing, and she's French, and she has such an amazing way of looking at everything. But she was talking about eroticism. <laughs> there's, there's a connection. And really, the meaning of, of eroticism is life force. <laughs> life force. And so... Um, and how fear is contraction, you know, and a life force is expansion. And so, um, you know, I, I just wrote down on my phone, the upshot of this book and what this book shows you and what we need to remember our job is as parents is curating and supporting our child's life force. It is that simple. That's true. Right? Yes, absolutely. Uh, there. So, so when you think eroticism and life force in this regard, you don't have. It doesn't have to be a purely sexual term. In fact, she argued that only in the last century or so has eroticism had a sexual overtone. Right? Yeah. So, so that podcast was I actually wanted John to hear what she said about the way we approach sex education in the, you know in the west is what she said but you know in the united states yeah um and there's no and she said it's either smut or sanctimony there's no it's it's an abstinence based education and abstinence joyless yeah flat yeah right and lifeless in, based education it really is and in Northern Europe, they start at four, and they start with a week, the week of love, and they talk about when you like, you know, you you like someone, and you maybe want to hold their hand, and like joy and love and connection, and so wait, wait, just yeah, pause sorry. for a second and think I've about had that. Coffee now. Think about think about the fact that in Europe, they start sex education effectively at age four. And Esther Perel did a really good job defending that age. I should have stuck with eight, man. <laughs> but but the, the point being, we are so uptight about these things, about um, life force and sexuality. And so we end up suppressing certain things in our kids that are the joy of life. Yeah. Right? That's the point. That's the point. And we unwittingly do this as parents because we're afraid. So our fears take over their lives a lot of the time. Right. That's that's the clarion call for parents. Well, and it's hard to have these conversations, but it's it. So maybe it's to me, it is it's liberating to remember that whether you're talking about. So, you know, look at the, the sex talk. It's like it's it's kind of heavy and preventative and don't get pregnant and don't get, you know, um, a, a disease. And, you know, it, it's it's kind of verboding. Where's the the joy part and the connection part and the beauty part and it's it's an amazing thing it's one of the greatest things we have in life even drinking you know i we, you and i were talking about yeah. um not just like you know they see there must be such a disconnect because they see how alcohol is involved in the best moments of life and celebration and sharing and connection and art shows it, art shows yeah. for, for sure sure oh yeah <laughs> That's how you sell art, man. <laughs> you keep it flowing, baby. So, you know, then the conversation's just, you know, fear-based and contracted and, you know, what so you know, we can talk about how No, but you're right. There's there's this dissonance 
and and kids tell me about this. They they tell me like you know, so my parents preach preach this kind of puritanical lifestyle, but I know they're drinking and they're having sex and they've smoked weed and they've done all this stuff and yet, why can't we even talk about this stuff? You know why is this all off the table? Why can't we at least have a conversation about it? And so, the good news I think for parents is. Your kids are up for talking about just about anything. They're not that uncomfortable with any of this stuff in doses from pretty early ages, from strikingly early ages. Right. And it, We're the ones who are uptight. Right. If you come from a place of genuine curiosity, which, I don't know, just get there. Because right. they can tell when it's, you know, you're being a detective or you're trying to, like... It's cat and mouse. You're trying to catch them at something. Oh, kids know, man. You, we, or if you're judgy, we if you're judgy, if you're judgy in your um, your inquisition. But if you're genuinely curious, um, they'll they'll fill you in. Right. For and sure. they need to. And so this book is very informative about what is going on with you know. You talk about anxiety. You talk about you know drugs and alcohol and suicidality, sex, suicide, and depression. And there's, there's some there's some heavy stuff that you need to know about, and so that you can help. There's your a lot kid. of nuts and bolts of to it, right? Yeah. For sure. But the big point you're making really well is that it is about like nurturing that life force, so that your kid can kind of come up as unburdened by your fears as possible and by being overwhelmed by all the stimulus that comes their way man it's brutal kind of what what kids are confronted with at really early ages so as parents we can present this kind of bright counterpoint to harsh stimuli coming at them from yes. kids from yes. childhood yes um, but it isn't just a parenting thing right because you do talk about the life force, and Esther Perel talks about the life force with Dax, like about ourselves, not just our kids. It's not just about modeling it. It's about living it. Oh, well, right, because we've talked about how um, I am very sort of taken aback at the realization, and we cover it in the book, and when I say we, <laughs> I mean oh, you. you. No, you, no, you, no. you mean we. No. You, you definitely, no, I do. Julie, I do mean we. <laughs> Julie is brilliant and um, the best editor we found out like eight or nine years ago with The Available Parent, my first book. I remember like being kind of like, I've got all this stuff down. And Julie came in and polished it up and got it into a format that was actually readable. And that happened again this weekend. Where well, I think I, I think I have a low tolerance for uh, uh, extra words. <laughs> I mean, I like you. I like clean, clear communication. I like just get to the point. Just talk to me. Just tell me what's up. I don't. You know, there. Uh, we took out the word herein a few times. <laughs> I, I use the word herein. So these these are things that got under the skin of both Julie and the editor at my publishing house. I didn't notice it the first time, but literally, so I we're I'm done here with the art show. Here are some of the show. lessons you're going to lear, learn herein. <laughs> I say that like 500 times. There in were two 200 things. pages. There were two things. So I I'm done with the art show, and you know my family was in, and so I'm I'm just I've I've rested up and regrouped, and I'm sitting down now to start this editing process, beginning of last week and I'm sitting down in the office next in my office which is next to yours and my I'm facing the wall that is to, my office to yes. your office right 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 and I have sound machines on and everything but I literally first of all I saw 
preface, intro, and forward. And I was I I, I was swearing a lot. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> what? And I and then when I, I have read eight the false starts before I start the book. But we, we changed that. <laughs> but, and they were all good. It was just like and then I and then I saw the word herein and I I, I almost lost it. <laughs> I was like, here in yeah, anyway. I have these ga- these <laughs> gaggy writing patterns. So you will not see these things. The word herein, you will not see me repeating words. So the other thing that got under your skin, I think, and the editor there was, I would say, far, far too often, many, many of our kids, like, I repeat these words that's, over and over again. That's passion, though. That's okay. And you know what? Just, I mean, to be fair, it, when you write uh, quickly, you write you know, I usually always cry. Like you write this in this very clean way. I, it's when you're trying to, get, you know, have a, write a book and work with an <laughs> editor and have enough, you know, content and chapters, whatever. Anyway, yeah, I was like, here in that is, that is so, here out. Julie Julie <laughs> Duffy has spared every potential reader of the word here in for sure. Anyway, we got off track, but. Uh, but herein is a drain on the life force of the reader. It's a drain of, of my life force for sure. <laughs> like, I, yeah, I can tank really easily. And <laughs> we, we, talk more about that. What do you mean? Oh no. Well, so I I exist in this a level of energy. Um, we'll talk about this sometime, but. There's a certain level of energy that I live in primarily, but I can go to level one, which is ca- kind of catabolic <laughs> really easily. And then the word herein definitely took me there. Right. Also, intro, preface, forward. I was just, you know, anyway, it was just me. That was part of my process, just getting into it. I was like, what is this? And then I finally got in the zone. But, yeah, I think I, I'm, I'm kind of fascinated that I'm a good editor um, you read way more than I do, but I definitely liked when I read for it not to be overly verbose no, and so just we, get to the point. So we carved out probably the 15,000 words I added. For sure we did. I think we carved out even more so that we have a digestible, readable piece here. Yes, very informative. D- there's some delightful stories, some great stories um, of kids you work with uh, that really get the points across, you know, so I think the big takeaways are that it starts earlier, that um, it's super intense, that uh, there's, we kind of have a, about a ni- the adolescence starts the book, earlier. The book, yeah. Yeah. Adolescence starts earlier, goes later. Um, Into the 20s, mid-20s-ish. Yeah. It, yeah, the, right, the need for our more engaged parenting <laughs> starts earlier and goes later. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, there's a lot of noise, and we, yeah, we need to help our kids find their light. And how do we do that? My favorite thing. It's it's not easy, but it's simple. Because your advice throughout is you have to keep the dialogue open. You have to keep the line of communication. You have you have to know. You really have to know what's going on. If we used to be able to just kind of look the other way because we couldn't deal. We can't do that anymore because they need someone to process this stuff with. And um, uh, you have to talk. You have to talk to your kids about all of it. And you don't have the luxury. I don't know if parents ever did, but now they specifically don't, of being disdainful of their kids or being 
enemies of their kids in any way. There has to be a working alliance that, that involves an ongoing dialogue. Their kid, your kid needs you in, your, in their corner. Yeah, there's actually a section. Um, it's kind of brutal, but it's, <laughs> it, it, is, um, it, it has a very important point. You know, we talked about this. I think we did we did a podcast called "The Vibe in Your Home," and even just the fact that when you walk, when your kid walks in the door, they need sanctuary because their world is, you know, traffic is uh, anxiety and traffic, and and so when they come in, even your furrowed brow, and it might be like, "Oh, honey, you you know, how are you? You know, pay attention to the way your face looks because it might read disappointment or judgment or disdain. You know, and you said you see it all the time in your office. Your fear and your judgment often reads as disdain to your kid and they can't handle it. Right. They have enough, they get enough disdain from themselves. Yes. Another harsh reality. Yeah. So, um, I don't know if we're all over the place, but anyway, that's some things that are in the book. And again, again, what they need is your light. They need you to light up when you look at them, when they walk in the door, and they need to have the conversations, be able to have the conversations with you. And I think some kids maybe don't want to have some of the conversations about some of the topics right. with mom and or dad, but they need to know they can yeah. and that you won't fall apart or yeah, judge yeah. them. Yeah, you don't need you to can talk handle about it. every little thing. You don't need to know everything that's going on in their lives. But if they come to you, they um, they, they need to know you're open. And you there, there's a lot in the book that you probably don't know about what your kid is going through that you have to know. You for sure and don't that, know. And that's changed. That's different than it was when I wrote a parenting book eight or nine years ago. That's what. That's why I wrote this book. And it's fortuitous that we happen to listen to, or maybe you wanted to listen to, Esther Perel and Dax Shepard talking about life force. Because in the end, um, as difficult as this book can be to read um, at times, it is all about that. Like if you come into it with that lens of like, I am curating this life force between me and my kid and for my kid. That that carries you through every single chapter easily. Yeah, so I don't think I, I... I started this sentence or this thought, and I don't think I finished it because um, I didn't remember she talked about life force. I actually wanted you to hear the way she talked about sex education, how they talk to kids about sex in, in Europe, you know, yeah. and how we talk about it here, which is crazy, but... I have been taken aback by uh, how I think a lot of our kids view adulthood. It's not, uh, there's, there is not a lot of hope and joy, I think, when our, some of our kids look at the prospects that face them in adulthood. They're not that fired up about it. No. And, um, and part of that is, I think, we're all not attending enough to our life force, our joy. And so uh, what a win-win. We need, as parents, in our own lives to attend to our own life force, um, our own, and which is like self-care and creativity and just joy, yep. and help them find theirs. And it might not be 
the track that we typically sell. It might not be what you pictured. It, it might not be what you pictured. It and you know, you say this and seriously, what you picture might be sort of narrow like you know, it, 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 how exciting that it might not be what you pictured. I always love when it's not what you pictured. And I love parents who love when it's not what they pictured. I do. I love that in parenting. I love when parents are, like, excited about, like, my kid is different than me and different than what I thought he or she was going to be. This is such a, an interesting ride for me. And I'm growing because he or she is growing as well, right? And it's it's fascinating and and how cool is it that brought up by me and her that he or she is them you know what I mean like that they are this unique entity how cool is that right that they're not some copy uh, carbon copy of us or anything like that that somehow this unique being being springs from a household it's so cool and I love when parents dig that and there's so many cool and unique paths and possibilities now. There's some great stories in the book about kids who follow their own voice and their own uh, that that were different, that didn't fit in, but were amazing because they're they, they're they're they were allowed to be who they were. Like um, really amazing. And I'm about to. I think I'm about to make you mad because I just uh, something crossed Me? my mind just now. Yeah. That, oh no. That um, that isn't in the book that I feel like adding now. This moment right now with your kid isn't the end game. It's just this moment. So if your kid is misbehaving, if your kid is getting C's, if your kid is underperforming or rapping when you wish they were doing math, it's all a process, you know? And if you if you are bright and light through the process, your kid's going to get where he or she needs to go. You oh, know you, what I mean? you, we, you cover that. I, of course I do. Nine That's, ways to Sunday. Do is I that really? a phrase? <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, honey, you, we so cover that. That's what I'm saying. Is this I, is in the book. And you, you, I did say we buy. again. <laughs> yeah, you're taking ownership all of a sudden. No, I don't want it. No. no I was no. telling Julie that, that we're going to co-author, no. and you're going to go on the whole speaking junket <laughs> with me. You're going to be doing press. No, thanks. Anyway, um, <laughs> so... <clears throat> yeah. Um, so I want to read this little, actually, little, one of the last paragraphs in the book, because um, it's right here. We just sent it. It's still up on the computer. Uh-oh, wait a minute. I can't. Okay, there it goes. I have to scroll all the way down. Um, it's the anyway, takeaway. Anyway, some background music while Julie's finding the end of the... Here it is. Ready? I'm ready. See this parenting thing? It shouldn't be hard. It can't be. It has got to be joyful. There are too many landmines awaiting your child that will be difficult. You want them to know that the light you carried together cannot and will not be dimmed by any such woes or disappointments. Curating this spiritual connection, keeping that light shining brightly on the most overcast of days, this is the mighty task and joy available to the parent of a teenager. Let it shine. Right? Okay. <laughs> okay. And we're crying. <laughs> it's been a long weekend. Yeah, it's been a long weekend. <laughs> anyway. Um, so that's the idea. Yeah. Curate that light, that life force. So here it comes, that book. Yeah. And I'm going to get back to painting. <laughs> yeah. And this is better. We'll talk to you guys next time. All right. Love you, honey. Love you, honey.